I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Well, it's the season of joy. It's the season of miracles. It is December 2019. So, Broncos country, I ask you, did you get some joy out of watching that game yesterday? Did you get some uh, sense that maybe there could be a miracle in the Mile High City? That perhaps John Elway found his franchise quarterback in Drew Luck? I know I had fun. I enjoyed watching the game as the Broncos beat the Houston Texans 38-24 to mark their fifth win of the season, folks. And I know that sounds a little whack to be celebrating, but when you've got a quarterback like Drew Locke, the kid was balling. He was airing it out. If you thought he played really well in week one, wait till you get a load of this game. Wait till you watch the coach's film of this game. Wait till you dissect any film of Drew Locke in this Houston Texans game, and you will have a reason to be excited. Thank you guys so much for joining me here on this edition of Broncos on the Rocks, presented to you by Mile High Report and SB Nation. I am your host, Luke Patterson. Twitter at Luke Patterson LP, at Mile High Report as well. And the Drew Locke show continues. And I took a ton of heat from it last week. Everybody on Twitter blasted me. People on Facebook blasted me. Um, Some of my own friends were blasting me. I came out and I definitively said, and I still stand by it, that Drew Locke is the best Broncos quarterback since Peyton Manning. Now, 
that bar's a little low, considering you're looking at guys like Case Keenum and Brock Osweiler and Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon and the quarterback carousel. We can go on and on and on, but that's a definitive fact, and that fact was backed up even more so yesterday as the Broncos just beat Houston's ass. That's as simple as it is. I mean, Drew Locke went out there. He was 22 for 27. 309 yards. Now, I wanted him to try to break that 200-yard that mark. No, no, no. The kid went 309 yards. Three touchdowns, one interception, only one sack. Um, he did scramble around. He got out of the pocket, did log three rushes for 15 yards. 11 yards was his longest run for a first down. But the biggest thing for Drew Locke it wasn't perfect, but his special talent has definitely been identified. This was a historic performance. I mean, Drew Locke, he's set a new rookie record for 300-plus yards and three touchdowns in his first career road start against the Houston Texans. Now, this game, man, there was so much to it. There was so much good on all all sides of the ball even the special teams unit and i know that onside kick was muffed and that was messed up a little bit but i don't want to just throw a bunch of negativity because of a special teams play that um, really didn't matter at the end of the game this was a complete football game from the denver broncos this was as close to a complete football game from the denver broncos as we've seen in a long time and i had to go back and i had to really think and start doing some some stat digging and start looking at old game schedules and things like that online. And this win, I would say, is the best win the Denver Broncos have had since 2017. And in 2017, for those of you that remember, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott and the Dallas Cowboys came to town and they were favored to just stomp the Broncos. And Trevor Simeon and the Denver Broncos laid it on them. And got the big 2017 victory at home. Uh, that's when all the talks of it's time to pay Trevor Simeon his money. Uh, Vaughn was referring to him as Peter Parker. You remember it. Those doesn't feel like that long ago. But when you're comparing the times 2017 to 2019, there has been a quarterback drought. And there has been a talent drought with the Denver Broncos. And some of that started to change and we definitely saw that in the first series of the of the offense now <clears throat> rich scangarello you got to give credit where credit's due and i've been one of the most critical people of rich scangarello because i think outside of scripted plays he has failed a lot of tests when it comes to adjustments when it comes to um being off script adapting things of that nature but in this game, Rich Gangarello, that hot seat he was on last week has gone ice cold. I mean, it's almost to the point where you could tell Rich Gangarello he can unpack his bags and get comfy here in Denver, Colorado, because he is going to be returning next year. Now, I hadn't heard anything and hadn't heard any reports that, um, you know, the Broncos were planning to part ways with him last week or even, you know, before then, but... There was definitely some unsettling, and whenever a team is failing and whenever things are going bad, there's usually a scapegoat, and someone's got to go. Now, Rich Gangarello called, I think, his best game 
Definitely his best game of the whole season. And it's for a fundamental reason that he catered to Drew Locke's strengths. Now, he tailored this offense to three-step dropbacks versus the five steps versus the seven steps. And I'm not trying to, you know, be Debbie Downer on Drew Locke because I like Drew Locke a lot. I've loved Drew Locke since he came out of college. Um, I thought he was a first-round talent. I think him going to the second obviously makes John Elway look like a genius now. But um, when you look at Drew Locke, his his footwork is awful. It's terrible. Watching those dropbacks yesterday, uh, the three steps are good because it's two less than a five and you know four less than a seven. And those, those dropbacks, he has got to clean it up. But you saw a ton of shotgun. You saw a... S- you saw a lot of uh, two running back sets. Um, you saw more of a spread type offense, that hybrid spread West Coast offense that Kyle Shanahan's running right now with Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. And what an exciting game that was as the 49ers took it to the Saints and, and beat New Orleans yesterday. But Rich Gangarello, I mean, there were 10 different receivers yesterday for Drew Locke. I mean, 10 different receivers. Drew Locke and Rich Gangarello found a way to utilize their entire offense now the rushing game that needs to be better just for whatever reason uh the passing game absolutely went off and the rushing game was mediocre at best um you know i think phil Lindsay he logged 16 carries for 51 yards he did get that touchdown that was absolutely critical after halftime uh it was an eight play 57 yard drive taken up five minutes and 45 seconds of the clock so rich gangarello showing that he can utilize his offense and that he's going to come out after the half so one half of football is over this is usually where the struggles start for the denver broncos on both sides of the ball offense and defense but rich gangarello was able to come out use drew lock in this offense to engineer a drive that ultimately got Phil in the end zone, but it was just a really poor day in terms of running the football. You had Austin Schlotman in there for an injured Ron Leary. You also saw the return of Jawan James. Um, Now, it was somewhat of a limited return, but you did see him. Elijah Wilkinson and him, of course, splitting reps at the right tackle. Elijah Wilkinson did give up the only sack Drew Locke has taken in two games. Um... And you look at those two games, and, I mean, the kid's doing pretty good. In two games, you're looking at Drew Locke going 40 for 55, 443 yards, five touchdowns, two interceptions, and only one sack. Now, for anyone in Broncos country a few weeks ago who was saying, well, what are you going to do with Drew Locke and behind this terrible offensive line? He's going to get hurt. You're going to ruin him. Blah, 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 blah. He's only been sacked once. So... I'm not going to say that Garrett Bowles is improving. I just think that maybe he's getting less calls. He did get called for a block, a block in the back yesterday, and I thought that was going to be ultimately a drive killer, but Drew Locke and the offense were able to overcome. Um, you just look at Drew Locke, and for me, it comes down to one thing, and it's athletic arrogance. Drew Locke is not the perfect quarterback. He's a good prototype, absolutely. He's mobile. He's got a strong arm. People in the media and people around the NFL, they all know a good arm when they see him. But a good arm just doesn't get you anywhere in the NFL. 
You have to have the other things. And when you have an athletic arrogance to you that you know you can go out there and do this. You've got your quarterback going out there doing the Buzz Lightyear laser beam. I mean, how cool is that? Your offensive lineman tease you, nickname you Buzz Lightyear for your your play call on your your play card on your off on your wrist. Um, you know, wristband, everybody's making fun of you. You're embracing it. And you're going out there saying, you know, planning with your offensive line. The quarterback is planning with his offensive line what his touchdown celebration is going to be. That tells you right away that the offensive line and him, not only are they bonded, but they're depending on each other. The offensive line is depending on Drew Locke to get that team in the end zone. And Drew Locke, well, he's depending on that offensive line to give him some time. And the offensive line did a pretty decent job yesterday. I really liked uh, the offense as a whole. How could you not? I mean, utilizing 10 different wide receivers, you got to give mad props to Rich Gangarello. I want to go through those th- three touchdown passes that Drew did throw. And i got to start first with Noah Fant. Now, I've been really critical of Noah Fant since the beginning. Also, uh, I've been on record saying that I was too... Um, I was too excited and too eager to call him a bust, and I've eaten crow for that, and I'll continue to eat crow for that and give credit where credit is due. Um, the reason I had used the bust term wasn't because I don't like Noah. It's not because it's anything personal or I didn't even want him here or anything like that. I think Noah Vant, the sky is the limit, and the most frustrating part for me is when I don't see guys giving the best effort that I think they can give. When I see guys getting graded out for shying away from contact or graded out from not putting forth a great effort. Well, you know what? I didn't see any of that yesterday. Noah Vant looked amazing. Four receptions, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Caught that 14-yard touchdown in the first quarter after Drew Locke and Rich Gangarello engineered a seven-play, 92-yard drive, taking roughly two minutes and 59 seconds. Now, that is not a bust, ladies and gentlemen. That is a first-round tight end. I've got to see that consistently. Now, I don't know if it's because you've got Drew Locke and and Noah Fant and Dalton Reisner and some of these rookies starting to gel together on the offense, or if it's just Noah Fant decides to turn it on here and there. But right now, I mean, Noah Vance having an excellent rookie season. And again, I eat crow. I called him a bust way too soon. But that was just based on my own personal experiences with him at training camp. Not necessarily giving the best effort he's given. Um, Getting called out by veteran wide receivers that are no longer here anymore. Hint, hint. Um, You know, we're not supposed to report what we see at practice so i can't tell you things that are said i can't tell you every little thing that i see but i can give you hints and when you've got those former super bowl champs calling the first round rookie out for not finishing a route and that same receiver is battling injuries and coming back and is a vet that's going to make me question this kid's want to and and wherewithal but yesterday He certainly continues to prove me wrong, and I'm definitely not calling him a bust, but I just want to get in front of that. Um, Noah Fant, he had a great day. Cortland Sutton, a really weird day, um, and a day where the offense would be just balling out of control, and if I were to tell you that Drew Locke threw three touchdowns and none of them were to Cortland Sutton. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Your jaw would probably drop. And it was just a really bizarre day. He logged five receptions for 34 yards. And then those three touchdowns, it's it's a huge testament. And I can't get I, – I just can't get this, this sentiment off of my mind anymore that Rich Gangarello called a great game. This was a comeback game. This was a bounce-back game, a signature game that Rich Gangarello and Drew Locke put together. I mean, these guys have only worked together for two games, folks. Meetings, practices, yeah, sure, they spent some time together. Whoop-de-doo. Virtual reality test. Drew Locke, how about that, right? For everybody, oh, he fails the virtual reality test. He can't pick up coverages over the middle. Well, yeah, he's still struggling picking up some of those coverages over the middle. And that interception, the interceptions have got to stop. Now, you expect those from a rookie, but I expect improvement. And I'm seeing that improvement with Drew Locke. So it's time to start expecting less turnovers. It's time to start expecting a little bit more protection of the ball. Now, with a player like Drew Locke, he's going to live and die by that sword. Now, I saw some people have called him and compared him to... Uh, Brett Favre, I don't think he's that reckless, first of all, and I mean reckless in the most respectful way possible to the Hall of Famer, Brett Favre from Green Bay. Um, but you know what? Like To me, and my my good friend Cecil Lammy uses it all the time, he's a Jay Cutler who cares, and I like it. Because Jay Cutler had a rocket of an arm, rock, I mean just an, an engineering type mind, brilliant, athletic, didn't care. Wasn't a leader. Drew Locke, he's throwing down historic performances. He's fun. He's bringing energy. He's willing to work. He's willing to improve. He's got a positive attitude. He's got this athletic arrogance. And it's athletic arrogance. It's not arrogance. And he'll tell you that. He said, my confidence, I want it to come off as genuine confidence, not arrogance. And I think that's something that you want in your quarterback. That's something that you need to see. Now he also threw a one. He he threw a touchdown. To Jeff Ironman on an eight yard pass from an eight play, eighty yard drive, and then he also hooked up with Royce Freeman for a touchdown, three yard pass, six plays, thirty four yard drive. So Drew Locke had himself a day. Rich Gangarello had himself a day. Now some of the problems I do have with Buzz Lightyear, and I guess that's going to be Drew Locke's uh, nickname moving forward here, um, is with that play card. I mean, two timeouts were burned because it seemed like there was communication issues between, um, I don't know if it was between Rich Gangarello and Drew Locke or quarterbacks coach T.C. McCartney or what the deal was, but it was just bizarre to see Drew Locke going 
under center or being in the shotgun, starting to go through his cadence, and then he's looking at his sheet almost for like a last minute quick sh- quick sheet, like a like a cheat sheet, a, a tip kind of thing, right? You're just trying to you're trying to get through that quiz, right, in high school, and you've got that little slip of paper right by your school books that are facing on the top left corner of your desk, and that little sliver is out, and it's got a little 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 bit of writing on it. And you're trying to find out and read what that says, but then the timer's out. And the quiz is over, and you're left where you're at. That's what happened with Drew Locke. Now, they burned two timeouts on it. That's horrible mismanagement on offense. And ultimately, that goes to Vic Fangio because he's in charge of those timeouts. Um, And he needs to make sure that that offense is, I mean, the offense needs to be more efficient, and it's his job to make sure that that happens. Uh, was very pleased to see how the offense moved the ball. I mean, when you're seeing these drives, eight plays, 80 yards for a touchdown, eight plays, 57 yards for a touchdown, uh, th- you know, six plays, 34 yards for a touchdown. That's good stuff, folks. That's stuff we're not used to seeing. You know what else we're not used to seeing? Third down conversions. The Broncos were 5 for 8 on third down, converting over 62% of their third downs. That was excellent. That was critical. That's something that the Broncos have not done, and it's lost them a lot of football games this year. They were averaging roughly 7.1 yards per play. Now, that's very impressive. Think about that, folks. 7.1 yards per play. The Broncos' offense... Bizarre. Absolutely bizarre in the best way. 391 total yards. It was excellent. It was the first time in 22 games, 22 games, 416 days, that the Broncos broke the 24-point barrier. Historically, this season, this team, I think is... I don't know. I think they're sitting around 16 or 17 points on an average. And then... They go over 24 points and finish with 38. I mean, the NFL was absolutely shocked. How much of that was the Texans not showing up? That's hard to say. I mean, the Texans, they're a playoff-bound football team. Uh, I picked the Broncos to win this game just because I felt like the Texans would overlook the Broncos. The Texans have to play a divisional matchup twice against the Tennessee Titans two out of the next three games. So somewhat of a bizarre finish in the AFC South as the Texans are looking to wrap that up. Now, overall, we talked about the offense and how amazing that offense looked. We got to talk a little defense, too, because Kareem Jackson, holy moly, what a welcome back to Houston for K-Jack. Kajrak throwing down 11 tackles, one interception, one fumble recovery for a 70-yard touchdown. And he also had three passes defended. He absolutely played out of his mind. He was laying guys out. I mean, Kajrak was all over that field. Hopkins got hit right in the shoulders, right in the chest. Fair, clean hit. He was all over his guys all game. He brought, you want to talk about energy, he brought almost the fear factor to that field. I mean, the guy was like a human missile. 
he would just lock onto his target and jack him up. I'm looking at another guy in Jeremiah Atachu. Now, he had a great game. Two tackles, two sacks. He had a nasty hit on Deshaun Watson. And then he got, he had that fumble recovery. And that was awesome. I think it was Alexander Johnson who knocked that out. Um, he grabbed that fumble and then was sort of getting tackled i mean it was weird to see another grown man just kind of holding on to another dude's leg while he wasn't going down and kareem jackson sitting right there so what does jeremiah tattoo do here kareem take the ball why don't you take it to the house and kareem jackson starts taking it down the field i love it there's an offensive lineman coming down justin simmons and kareem jackson you've got both your safeties right there looking to score and simmons is smart Gets in his way a little bit, shoves the offensive lineman just a skosh, throws him off, and Kareem Jackson gets the 70-yard fumble return on that lateral. Uh, Just absolutely amazing play. Uh, His 70-yard touchdown like that was great. You had Von Miller, who decided to come back from injury, even though I don't think he was quite ready. And you could tell he had that knee brace on. It was the first time he's had that knee brace on in three or four years. Um he it's it's a foreign thing for von miller to be feeling this injury with this this knee right now he still logged three tackles and a sack but you could tell that he was hurt he wasn't lining up over that right tackle he was lining up over the left tackle based off of the strength and the angles of his pass rush um listen to his interviews and watch some of his film and he explained he explains his pass rush moves. I mean, we all know they're dynamic moves, but they're exotic. And that's exactly what they are. They're and he describes them that way. They're they're bend they're bending type moves. They're he's like Gumby, you know, when he's out there pass rushing. He's like Gumby, still logging a sack, even though he's hurt, but you can tell Von Miller isn't quite right. You also had Shelby Harris out there having a great day. He logged a couple tackles and Batted down a pass from Deshaun Watson. Now, I did not know this until uh, CBS on the call. I think it was Rich Rich Gannon and Kevin Harlan. And it seems like they've been calling the games for the Broncos pretty much the whole season. But um, they had thrown out a stat there that Shelby Harris has that title for the most batted down passes in the NFL right now. So that's absolutely huge. Will Parks locking down five tackles and a last-minute interception um, with that cast on his hand. The reason I want to talk about that, I mean, the game was clearly over and Deshaun Watson was looking for something to happen, but um, just the intelligence and the lack of pride, and I I mean that in a good way, the lack of arrogance. He had um, his team at the top of his mind as he got that interception. Instead of trying to take it back, he took a knee. Let's finish this game up. Let's go home. And I really, really liked that. I think that speaks a lot to Vic Fangio and his coaching and ultimately his mentality for this team. Now, something I really want to talk about, and I'm just going to, I'm going to say it and I'm going to commit to it now. Um, With Drew Locke leading this Broncos squad, John Elway, he doesn't need to draft a quarterback in 2020. You want to draft a seventh rounder? Sure, go for it. But you don't need to draft any first round quarterback. That's no way. You got to steal in the second round in Drew Locke right now. Now, I know he's got his homecoming and he's going back to Arrowhead and things are going to be crazy. The Chiefs are a much better team than the Texans. But you know what? 
I like what I see in Drew Locke. I like enough of what I see in Drew Locke to recognize that he needs more pieces around him. Now, instead of reaching to draft a quarterback like Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Tua Tungavailoa, you name them, the Broncos need to draft offensive players to support Drew Locke. Now, what does that look like? Well, you know that the Broncos probably aren't going to option that fifth-year option for for Garrett Bowles. That's not going to happen. And Ron Leary, probably gone. Elijah Wilkinson, he's been your swing tackle for better or worse. Uh, Connor McGovern, set to be a free agent. He's been a guard playing center. And you've got Jawan James, whose availability and emotional state of mind has been a gigantic concern for the Denver Broncos. So the offensive line is kind of in flux everywhere except for the left guard position. So after seeing how drafting an offensive lineman in the earlier rounds gets you to some success. And I know Dalton Reisner is one of those rare diamonds in the rough, but the Broncos may be inclined to draft another offensive lineman. I mean, how sweet would it be to have another guy, I'm not saying another Dalton Reisner, but another guy comparable to Dalton Reisner in the trenches. I mean, you look at some of these guys like Andrew Thomas. He's an offensive tackle out of Georgia. And Austin Jackson, he's a tackle from USC. And uh, Makai, I'm going to butcher his last name. I think it's Makai Becton. He's a tackle from Louisville. They're all projected to be first-round draft picks. This is a very good tackle class. I will be out there at the Shrine Game uh, coming up here in a few weeks in January. I can't wait to scout it and give you guys some coverage, boots on the ground from the Shrine Game. But because you have your quarterback figured out, set him up. If you don't want to set him up on the offensive line and you're in the middle of the pack of the draft right now, what happens if LaVisca Chenault from the University of Colorado wide receiver sitting there? I take him in an absolute heartbeat. Him and Cortland Sutton, whoo, that's a dynamic duo at the wide receiver position. Um, man, that's just something. If you have your quarterback, give him the tools. And the Broncos have been so thirsty for a quarterback that now that they have one, they need to run to the water cooler and make sure they've got enough. They got to they gotta make sure that they've got everything accounted for. And something that I thought was interesting, Football Outsiders right now today, they do these mock selections. And I think out of 30,000 trials, they gave the Denver Broncos a 0.3% chance that the Broncos pick in the top five in the 2020 NFL draft. That's telling you that the Broncos are going to win a few more football games. But the Broncos have seven-plus picks in the 2020 NFL Draft, if they fall in love with a guy, John's going to go get him. John traded up to get Paxton Lynch, for better or worse. He loved him. He had to have him. He traded up to go get him. He traded up for Drew Locke after after locking down. So no, no offense, your first-round draft pick, right? And then you get Dalton Reisner in there for your second-round pick. So Oakland's already passed on Drew Locke three. This might be the fourth time. John Elway calls, trades with the Cincinnati Bengals, gets Drew Locke. I mean, you're trading up. If John Elway sees a player that he likes or a player that he loves, we're probably going to know about it, and he's going to go get him. So 
locking down this quarterback position. I'm not saying Drew Locke's going to be your franchise quarterback. I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer. And when I say franchise quarterback, I should define that. Drew Locke, a franchise quarterback, I look at a franchise quarterback as a multi-year starter that has you in playoff contention. You are consistently an above 500 football team competing in the playoffs. And I think Drew Locke can be that franchise quarterback. Is he there right now? No. But you can get him there. The footwork, that can be improved. The pre-snap reads, that can be improved. His progressions, that can be improved. But that it factor, that athletic arrogance, that stuff is natural. Drew Locke's got it, folks. And... Just look at that smile. And I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. Behind the the boy band hair and the charm and the good looks, there's a killer competitor in Drew Locke. And I think that's ultimately what John Elway got. Perhaps John Elway also got the biggest steal in the 2019 NFL Draft. Thank you guys so much for joining me here on this edition of Broncos on the Rocks, presented to you by Mile High Report and SB Nation. Please get at me, at Luke Patterson LP on Twitter. Follow us on milehighreport.com. Please go ahead and review and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or iTunes. This is Luke from Broncos on the Rocks saying, always believe in that Mile High magic.